0: Good morning, Faith Promise. Welcome back to Family Games to everyone online, every campus. We're so glad you're with us today. We're going to play a game. We're going to need your help. It's called Heads Up. How many of you played Heads Up before? Yes. Yeah, so if I'm struggling giving clues to Pastor Zach, please help me out. Are you ready, Pastor Zach? I'm ready. Get the largest phone, iPad. Here we go. Get ready. Three, two, one. All right, you do this, and it's called martial arts. Uh, karate. Yeah, karate. Uh, long nose.
1: Uh, Pinocchio. Yes. Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, it's a movie. Um, Tom Hanks is in it. Uh, and, castaway. Uh, uh, no, it's like Boys a Gump. It's got a little Western people.
1: What? Cartoon. Cartoon. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Pass. Well, all right, it's
0: to Yes. All right. It's a uh, uh it's in the ocean, it's a mammal.: A uh, whale. Yes, and a not a knife, not a spoon, fork. but a: a Yes. Fork. Uh, a lot of families love to go here, and it's in Orlando.: the beach.
1: Oh Disney World. Oh,
0: yes, and uh, you're holding one right now.: iPad. Yes, and uh, we use this. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you sleep in this room. Oh, bedroom. Oh, sorry, yes, yeah, sorry, cheated. my fault. Uh, this is a scary time in October. Hollering. Yes. And uh, you search on this.
1: Internet, web,
0: Google. Google, yes. Yeah. Give it up, come on, come on, yes. Great job, sorry, man. I love
1: this game so much. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's great. Hey, listen, Pastor Zach, I know we have summer fun just right around yes. the corner. Why do we do Summer Fun?
1: Okay, we love Summer Fun. Hey, we love the time we get with your kids. Uh, But there's uh, uh, 168 hours in a week. And that one hour just isn't enough. And we realized a few years ago, we were not equipping you well enough to disciple your kids. So Summer Fun is set up with the best of both worlds, where we can have this great experience together corporately, but also equip you to disciple your kids. And so when you sign up for Summer Fun, you get a box where you have two days of very intentional discipleship. Then we come together on Friday night, you get to go out on a date night, and we celebrate and have worship with your kids, right? Who likes a date night, right? And then on Saturday, we all come together, we worship together, but then parents, we step aside and intentionally disciple you to disciple your kids for the rest of the year, year round. This is something, families, you just don't want to miss it.
0: So several nights of this is in the home. Mm-hmm. So how does a family engage the
1: community and people, other kids? This is huge. We want our kids to win our world. We want our kids to do more for the kingdom than we've done. And so if you want to do this uh, for your neighborhood, you just get a couple more boxes and invite some kids. Our Christian. Our Glo- our Rogers, our global kids pastor, she has five preschoolers coming to her house. And so just get a couple extra boxes, invite some parents, invite a few kids, and do this at your house with them. What a great opportunity to invite people into this kingdom culture.
0: That's so good. That's so good. So how do parents register? Because today's the last day, right? Yes,
1: today's the last day. If you want to register, go to faithpromise.org slash fund. Today's the last day to register for $25 and the price goes up to 35 but you do not want to miss it. So go and register. There should be a QR code on the screen where you can go and register. And also if you want to sponsor a family who might not be in a place to afford it, you can also do that at faithpromise.org slash You do not, you cannot miss this opportunity. That's right. Hey, for for
0: more information, go to the lobby at your campus. So, Pastor Zach, we've had this running feud with Pastor Mm -hmm. about whose generation produced the greatest games. I just want to cast my vote with Pastor. Uh, Yeah, he did give me the opportunity to speak today. So, thank you, Pastor. But you're also the greatest generation of games. God bless you. Uh, Have a great day. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let's give it up for Pastor Zach. Come on. Hey, I've got some questions for you today. Do you know how to bring the kingdom of God into your home? Do you have a commitment to do it? And do you have the faith to make it a reality? Listen, if you answered yes to all of those, that's awesome. We're going to try to equip you even some more today. If you answered maybe or no to to some of those, that's okay. I've been right there with you. And today we're going to equip you how to bring the kingdom of God into your home. We're also going to teach you how to pray over your family in some different ways that I think that God's really going to use to set our families apart. Let's pray. God, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. Would you teach us today? Be glorified in every one of our rooms. Jesus, we love you. Amen, amen. Hey, would you agree with me that we're facing a difficult, confusing, and seemingly overwhelming times right now in our world? Yes. It almost seems like that we as Christ followers are losing ground. But Jesus Christ said that we would be more than conquerors. He said that we would overcome. So if we're gonna live the way that Jesus said we're going to live, then we need to listen to his instruction. In Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul drops some very rich truth on us. I want you to just grab a hold of this truth. It says, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus If you're a Christ follower, listen up. If you're a Christ follower, you are seated, though you live here, you're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Isn't that great news? You're already seated with Christ in the heavenlies. So you may say, well, where is Christ? Well, he is in in what's called the third heaven in scripture. You say, what? What is this stuff about the third heaven? Well, the apostle Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse two. He says, I know a man in Christ." He's speaking of himself, who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. Yes, he does. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. Now, Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God in what's called the third heaven. Say third heaven with me. Yes. He's seated there. And according to the scripture we just read from Ephesians 2, Though we live here now, we're seated with Christ in the third heaven also. Now all of Satan and his demonic army and all of their power are under the feet of Jesus Christ because of what he did at the cross and through his resurrection. Can you say amen to that? But here's even more good news. All Satan and all of his demonic army and all their power are also under your feet, believer, because you're seated with Christ in the third heaven. Now, can you say amen to that? Come on. That'll get you excited right there. Satan and his demonic army are under our feet. Now, where we live in what's called the first heaven, uh, that's here. That's where we live, Okay. In the second heaven is where there's a spiritual battle constantly going on between the angels of darkness and the angels of heaven, the angels of light. Now, Daniel chapter 10, we see a picture of this. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel has a vision about what's coming in the future for the nation of Israel and he is driven to his knees. He goes to fasting and prayer for over three weeks. He's asking God to show him what this vision means. In this vision, after three weeks of prayer, an angel comes and touches him on the shoulder and says to him, hey, I I was dispatched. Three weeks ago when you first turned to heaven, when you first uttered a word to God, I was told to go and come to you and to explain the meaning of this vision. But I got caught up in what's called the second heaven and I was in a battle with the, uh, the prince of Persia, which is either a high-ranking demonic force or Satan himself. This is a guy caught up in a battle in the second heaven. So he was dispersed from the third heaven where God is and where we're seated to come to the first heaven. But for 21 days, he was in this battle in the second heaven. And then heaven sent another angel, Michael, to come and do some more battle, a little two-on-one there. And boom, he got to Daniel with answer to the vision. You see, so we live in the first heaven. There's spiritual warfare going on in the second heaven. And Jesus and God are in the third heaven. And every person who knows Christ who's already died there with God in the third heaven. And we're seated with Christ in the third heaven. We're seated there. Now, the problem arises, believer, is that when we come against second heaven assignments with first heaven solutions... It's a losing strategy. It just doesn't work. You see, there are second heaven assignments made over our lives, second heaven assignments and curses spoken over our families and even over regions of our world. And we try to come against those with first heaven solutions and it doesn't work. We've got to get back up where we're seated with Christ and the heavenlies and get the solution from the third heaven to come against what's going on in the second heaven so that we can live in freedom in the first heaven. Are you with me? It's so imperative. Let me give you some examples of what's going on. Now, there's this thing called generational poverty. We've probably all seen it. A family that seems to, generation after generation, live in poverty. We have entire regions where there's generational poverty. It seems like they can never climb out. Every now and then, someone will get out. But for the most part, everyone just lives in this generational poverty and is okay with it. What's happened there? A second heaven assignment has been spoken over a family or a region... And we keep trying to solve it with first heaven solutions, and the problem just continues on generation after generation. We must come against that second heaven assignment with a third heaven solution so that people can be set free in the first heaven. We see this also with alcohol and drug, alcohol and drug addiction. Sometimes it goes generation after generation, just generation after generation. They're trapped. It's a second heaven assignment that's been spoken of for the first heaven family. And we must get up in the third heaven and find a solution to come against the second heaven problem so that the person can be free in the first heaven. Are you with me? It's just tracking. Now listen, it's also see this in families with sexual addictions. We see this in families with divorce, generation after generation. There's divorce, multiple marriages, multiple divorces, over and over and over. And we keep trying to solve this with first heaven solutions where we live, but we've got to get up where we're seated up here and come against it with what God says to come against it with so that it can be broken off our families so that we can live in freedom and marriages can flourish. We see this with families with fear and anxiety. It seems like generation after generation, there's fear and anxiety. It's a second heaven issue that's been spoken over a first heaven family. We've got to get up here and say no more. We're coming with a third heaven solution that gets a second heaven assignment so that we can live in freedom down here in the first heaven. Do you want to live in freedom? Yes. Now the apostle Paul lays this out in Ephesians chapter six. He says, for our struggle... It's not against flesh and blood. Our struggle's never with people. It's never with people. Never with people. It's spiritual, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now this word rulers here, against the rulers, The word rulers in the original language of the New Testament is the word from which we get our English word, origin, or beginning. Paul references this in Philippians 4.15 when he talks about the first preaching of the gospel, the beginning of the preaching of the gospel. So this word rulers means origin. Now, in the New Testament, demons are often named by the power that they demonstrate in people. Let Let me illustrate this for you. In Mark chapter 9, verse 25, he, speaking of Jesus, rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. In the demonic realm, there are levels of authority. Just like in heaven's angelic realm, there are levels of authority. In the demonic realm, there are levels of authority. We have demons that uh, want to tempt us. But then there are demons over entire families. There There are demonic forces over cities, over regions, over countries, and even world forces. There's levels of authority. And I would like to submit to you today that there's a demonic spirit of darkness which wants to bring confusion to our origin. Wants to bring confusion to our origin, our beginning. In fact, the demonic spirit of origin will lead people to question, was I really created by God or by some random result of evolution? The demonic spirit of origin will lead people to question, if created, was I created in the image of God? The demonic spirit of origin will lead people to question, was my gender designed correctly? The demonic spirit of origin will lead people to question, was my sexual attraction calibrated correctly? The demonic spirit of origin will lead people to question, what is the value of life itself? You see, when this spirit shows itself in our lives or in our family, it produces overwhelming confusion and anxiety and fear. Are you with me? These questions begin to arise. And here's the problem. We immediately want to come at that questions, those questions with first heaven solutions. I'm gonna ask you not to do that because all you're gonna do is drive the person away. We must go to prayer. We must remember we're seated with Christ in the third heaven and we must go to our knees in prayer and first say, God, I need you. God, show me how to move forward with this. How should I proceed? Now, God may say, hey, because of the authority you've been given through Jesus Christ, I want you just to come against that spirit, not publicly, not in person, but in your prayer life, come against that spirit and break it off in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ, amen? But equally, God may say, listen, I don't want you to come against that spirit. I'm gonna take care of that spirit for you. But what I want you to begin to do is to pray for what's in heaven to pour out on your family. If there's confusion of thought in your family, will you ask heaven to send clarity and truth into your family, into your son or daughter? Will you ask heaven to do that right now? I'll take care of the spirit. God may say to you, I want you to ask for for heaven to sing, to send peace and love just to flood your home and to flood your family. Listen, we know he's gonna ask to say what he desires in heaven would come to earth in our home and in our family. Listen, we need to push, not push the person, We need to pray until something happens. Get seated up here. And don't leave here. You're going to be tempted to come back down with a first heaven solution and cause destruction and more confusion. Get seated up with Christ. You're seated there already. Walk in it and say, God, what do you want to do? And just keep praying until something happens. Be like Daniel. Fast and pray for 21 days in a row until something happens. Until an angel touches you on the shoulder and says, here's the answer. You push. You pray until something happens. Oh, listen, listen, listen. We have prayer teams here on Monday nights. And they're. Intended purpose is to see people set free to experience deliverance from assignments, from curses, to bring inner healing to people. They're trained and they're, one, they're incredible. I've seen many, many people on Monday nights get set free in Christ. So if you say, I, I don't know if I can deal with this, come on Monday nights. Call the church office and say, I need a prayer team to meet with me. They'll set it up you can't do a Monday night and they'll set it up another time. But take action from the third heaven where you see with Christ. Never attack a person. Pray until something happens. Listen, you have spiritual authority in your home. Own it step into it, claim the victory. The most God-exalting place on the planet should be our homes, not the building where the church gathers. Let's say that again, come on. Yeah. The most God-exalting place on the planet should be our homes. Not the place the church gathers, not the building where the church gathers. So how do I bring the reign of God into my life, into my home? How do I bring the kingdom of God into my life, my home? I'm gonna give you five moves you can make. Number one, value dreams. And this, I'm not talking about, man, I'm dreaming one day to, to play in the NFL. No, that's cool, have fun. Nothing wrong with that. But value dreams that God gives us in the night. Do you know that all through scripture, it speaks of dreams and visions? All through. And what do we know about God? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you think God's still giving dreams? Oh yeah, he is. (laughs) He is, value dreams. How about parents? You create some anticipation in your kid's life to hear from God in a dream. How about before you go to bed, starting at a young age, you say, let's ask God to give you dreams tonight. Now, in the morning, ask them, did you get a dream? If they had a nightmare, you're gonna have to carefully walk through that. That's not from God. We're gonna have to ask God again to give you a dream, okay? (laughs) But you're gonna ask them. They're growing, they're learning. Value dreams in your home. Number two, expect to hear from God. Then the primary way we're gonna hear from God is through the word of God. But the more you hear from the word of God, the more you hear his voice in other ways. He wants to speak to us all the time. Families, what if you did this? What if you sat around the kitchen table or you sat in the living room and you said, hey, if Jesus walked into our home today, what do you think Jesus would, what life-giving, encouraging word would Jesus want to speak over our family? And then go around and let each one do that. You'll be shocked at what a four-year-old will say. What are they learning? They're learning to hear the voice of God. Do you know that your kid does not have a junior Holy Spirit? They have the Holy Spirit, the whole one, just like you. Do you know that your kid can hear from God even before they make a decision to follow God? Young Samuel heard the voice of God before he even knew God. Expect to hear from God. Number three, do ministry together. How about you involve your kids, involve your family, and you sharing your story, sharing God's story with someone? How about at some point when they've received Christ, they get to share their story as part of that? How about you involve your kids and your family when you're praying for the sick to be healed? There's nothing like kids praying. Five years ago, I had the chance to go to Mozambique and. Uh, one of the highlights of the, of the week was the, the last night. Uh, I said to Roland and Heidi Bakerham, I'm leaving tomorrow. Thank you so much. They said, we want to pray over you. And they laid hands on me and began to pray. That was, that was, that was pretty cool, I got to tell you. <laughs> but you know what was more powerful? About six of the little boys, age five, six, and seven, got around me and laid their hands on me. And they began to call heaven down on me. I'm telling you, I felt it. I felt the power of God. Kids can pray, let me tell you, they can do ministry. You want the kingdom of God to come to your family, do ministry together. Listen, I believe uh, I've been in, in, in ministry for now 37 years and for every year we say we're, we're just, why are students who graduate from high school leaving the church, I'll tell you why. They have a knowledge of God, but they've never experienced a living God doing miraculous things in and through their life. But when God begins to speak to you and God begins to give you dreams and you lay hands on someone and they get healed or they receive Jesus their savior, let me tell you, you're not walking away. You're not walking away, he's real. He's not up here, he's here, he's here. Number four, be exposed to miracles. Read stories with your kids about supernatural happening around the world. One of my favorite books you could read is called The Insanity of God. What a title, huh? The Insanity of God. You will be blown away. Your kids will be too. What God's doing around the world. Then number five, no people after the spirit. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. How differently? Paul is saying we need to know people after the spirit. Husbands, you need to know your spouse after the spirit. Wives, you need to know your husband after the spirit. You need to know your friends single after the spirit. Parents, you need to know your kids after the spirit. One of the things that happens sometimes with our kids is they start to do something and they, and they may do something like clumsy or something over and over and we label them as clumsy or something else. You know what happens? That sticks with them. Yeah. It's something that's been spoken over them and it sticks with them. I know I've done this. I've had to repent of it. And it sticks with them until it gets broken off by the spirit. (laughs) How about instead of knowing our kids that way, daily we ask God, God, what is your destiny for my kid? God, what words do you want me to speak over them that will stick in their life and will lead them into the destiny you have for them? And you begin to speak that over them. You begin to pray that over them. You know them after the Spirit. You're calling out God's destiny in their lives. I tell you, if that's going on in our families, whew, there's some life change happening, amen? There's life change happening. Now listen, I'm gonna go back to those original questions. Do you know how to bring the kingdom of God to your home? Well, you know a little more now, amen? So let's step into it. We know enough to step into it. Do you have a commitment to do it? I'm about to ask you to to do that. Number three, do you have the faith to make it reality? I'm gonna ask you to stand right now and I'm gonna ask you to take a step of faith and make a commitment today. I'm gonna ask husbands, dads to lead the way, single parents come, singles come, students come. To the altar. It's open at every campus. I'm asking God behind bars that you men and women would bring the kingdom of God, the reign of God to your unit, to your uh, yard. But I'm asking us today to draw a line in the sand and say from now on, as for me and my house, my family, we're going to seek the kingdom of God, the reign of God in our home. We're going to expose our kids to the supernatural. We're going to expose our lives, our family, our home to the supernatural. God is welcome in our home. We're going to pray differently. We're going to get in the third heaven and break down these second heaven assignments and live in freedom. Amen? Amen. But it starts with you. It starts with a commitment. So I'm asking you right now, we're going to come. The worship team's coming. We're going to worship God. I'm asking you to worship God today with a surrendered life a surrendered life, draw a line in the sand and say, no more, the kingdom of God is coming to my home. Yes, you can light a candle, signifying that the light of Christ is gonna shine forth in your home, but more than anything, families, singles, I want you to come and I want you to pray and say, God, I need you, I'm seated with you. Show me how to take the next step.
1: Come right now, I'm going to the altar too. Come and join me, let's worship God.